I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Welcome back to the BU Find Happy podcast. This is number two in the But Why series. Today I have Ken D. Foster. He's been on the podcast before, folks, but this time we get a little bit more raw, a little bit more real. We have some conversations about agendas, about who's leading and who's following about the mainstream media, about our intuition. And we really dive into why people are afraid to speak up. I really hope you're enjoying the new series of the BU Find Happy podcast, but why? If you like it, click subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating, and let us know. Awesome to have you back on, Ken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to have you you back, uh, be connecting with you. uh, (laughs) Hold on one second. I'm having a hard time here now. Oh, there. Okay, good. Yeah, I, um, I'm glad that you were able to come on today. I was going down the uh, social media rabbit hole again <laughs> while I was waiting for you. So I'm like, oh, no, um, I'm glad that I'm kind of jumping out of that hole to do this instead because this seems more productive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that rabbit hole will take you way down, too. You know, you just you look up and you go, wow, 20 minutes went by. Oops. Wow. Isn't it true? It's unbelievable. So, so listen, the last time we had you on, it was full-blown BU Find Happy podcast. And one of the things that I have done recently, actually starting um, by the time this airs, it will have been a couple weeks prior, but um, is a new series where we are asking, but why? Um, for all sorts of things that are happening and, you know, how people are responding and, and kind of looking at alternative ways of thinking. And you are a great great candidate for alternate thinking. Um, so I'm super happy that you're going to be on and, and kind of sharing these things. Um, but before we get started, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Kayla, for that. <laughs> <laughs> who am I today? Well, listen, I'm a best-selling author. I'm a uh, keynote speaker. I have a radio show called Voices of Courage that's heard in about 165 countries right now on nine networks, 250 stations or so, and we talk about courageous things. So I'm also a, a father. Of, uh, I've got three daughters. I've got uh, a whole bunch of grandkids and uh, love life. I'm a triathlete. Um, I'd love to com- uh, compete, and um, that's that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. So the last time that we talked was like the beginning of covid so um, it's just crazy how different the world is and yet how utterly the same. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that by now uh, the world would look a little bit differently than it does. But but we're here. We're here now, right? We're here. We are here. And uh, I think that's that's a big part of uh, <laughs> coping right now is just being here, being present to what is not what we want it to be or wish it could have been. Right. It's so true. Um, and I find so many people that are kind of what if thing and um, woe is me. And I'm like, hey, I can only do that for like so long. 
and then we kind of got to move forward with where we're at now. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of in, in kind of switching the podcast gears to these more, um, and the, you know, this podcast has always had heartfelt open conversation, but kind of just really getting a little bit more raw. Um, you have a show called Voices of Courage. I've been on that show. I will tell you though, in the past couple of weeks, I made my Instagram private. I started having some more courageous conversations. Um, and I say conversations, but really just kind of sharing some, some things that I've like called to question on my social media and, um, you know, being a little more courageous with that. And I have been utterly shocked at how, uh, either a overwhelmingly positive the response has been or b how utterly negative and shameful. So I'd like to have a conversation with you about that, Ken. I think there are a lot of people right now that are feeling uneasy in their belly, that are questioning things that they've always thought to be true or known to be true or taken at face value. And that is creating a lot of unrest and turmoil in relationships. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think the country is very polarized right now and in one sense. And then in another sense, it's changing rapidly. So what I've noticed out there, Michaela, is that there seems to be almost, like I would call them pods, P-O-D-S, where you have a pod um, up in, let's say, uh, South Dakota, where the governor has, uh, you know, basically a no mask, no shutdown policy, and people are living in that paradigm. You have people in Los Angeles that uh, the, the governor or the, uh, the mayor has pretty much, you know, shut down everything. You go to there, everybody's wearing masks and you've got a different paradigm you're living in. You come down to San Diego, the beaches are open, everybody's hanging out, there's not a lot of social distancing around there. It's another paradigm. That's just in that kind of, uh, uh, yeah, those types of situations. But what I'm finding is that this is happening in political circles, in health circles, in uh, areas of fitness, areas of personal development. Everybody has, it's like everybody is starting to come out and starting to actually kind of question, I think a little bit about more about who am I? What do I stand for? Um, am I open to seeing things differently? Can I accept everybody else's point of view and still not lose myself? allow people to have their own point of view. Um, There's a lot of questions going on, but I think we can use this as a real growth um, kind of a fishbowl. Like we're we're in this giant world together. How can we really start to develop ourselves and change ourselves, maybe change everything we don't like about ourselves right now, and as a result, change the world? I, I, and I'll say one last thing around that. Um, I think a lot of people have got it wrong. I think they're out there trying to change the world first and not really looking at themselves. And I think we see the results of that by a lot of what I want to say, misguided maybe is a nice way to put it, misguided information um, that is being put out by a lot of different people. In a lot of different ways. And it's, um, you go, well, if for somebody to speak stuff that is, uh, 
your common sense, your wisdom, your intuition, you know this is not even right. This is wrong. I think they don't have, I think they don't know themselves. And I think they are, uh, you know, what makes con people dangerous is because they believe the con. They believe <laughs> the stuff they're putting out, okay? <laughs> that's what makes them dangerous. And that's what makes, you know, dangerous meaning it's easy to fall for somebody's paradigm or somebody's truth when they believe it so dear, deeply. But you go, well, wait a second. This It doesn't align with reality. It doesn't align mm-hmm. with science. It doesn't align with with what we've learned, uh, maybe even about the pandemic since we started, right? But people are still in a paradigm if there's talking about all this old stuff about where we started from, but they haven't looked at the science, haven't learned anything. So there's a whole paradigm of people that really haven't learned anything. I, I, following the no, go ahead. No, I love that, and I've and I've been saying on the daily, like highly intelligent people that I know are acting so freaking irrational right now that I'm like mind boggled. I'm, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just like, it, it's been really shocking to me. And I, and I love what you said about the con. And, you know, one of the things that I, whether you like Michael Jackson or not, one of my favorite, favorite songs of all time ever is man in the mirror. Yeah. And I do believe that to make a change, you got to start with yourself. Um, start with the man in the mirror. And, you know, I, I've been, the way I've been showing up is, having always been the kind of kid who was asking, but why, you know, and having had a mom and dad that were constantly saying just because (laughs) no, that's not good enough. I I'm still going to ask you over and over again. I've been asking that question a lot. And then I've been researching in all sorts of alternative ways. I've, I've been looking up various different things. I've been following certain monies and different things like that. And I'm finding these things that are just mind blowing. And then I would present that to my audience. Like, well, why, for example, what I found today, right before you and I got on the phone and we don't even have to talk about it, but it's just one of these things. Why do they have to do a study in advance of the COVID vaccine to figure out how to respond to people with uh, differing beliefs on whether or not to get the vaccine? There's a whole study on clinicaltrials.gov. And I'm like, why? Why? Why did it? Why is that a thing? Why are we spending money on a study to convince people of a vaccine? Like uh, b- before there's even a vaccine. Right. Like so I put I put that out there. I put that sort of thing out there. Um, you know, I, I'm on the U S government website the other day and see that they purchased all these syringes from a company called Apoject. I go to Apoject's website. I find out they say U S government, we're going to hand in hand, blah, blah, blah. I dig a little further on these Apoject syringes, which is by a company called rapid. And I start researching the rapid PDF for the syringe that, that our government government bought plain sight, not hiding it. And it says they all come with an RFID on them, but why? Why is it got an RFID on it? Like, uh, and I'm not saying it's good, bad, or otherwise. Maybe it's a great thing to just know where these things went in case something happened. Who knows? But right. why? Right? And I'll put that on my social media, and then people, I think, get very triggered by it. Like, yeah. it, like they don't want to see that. Like, it's like, nope, don't show me that. I'm not, I'm not going there. And so then they backlash. Right, right. Well, it's, it's a very interesting time. I mean, you know, ignorance, they say, is bliss. But I believe ignorance is creates pain and suffering and, and uh, challenges for you, your family, and everybody else down the road. Um, so it is interesting where you can post something about um, what you found. Here's, here's what I found. Here's, you know, 
uh, yeah, I think it was uh, Pence, uh, uh, Vice President Pence, the other day. I saw uh, his uh, one of his videos. He put out that um, we have uh, several million of the uh, uh, what they call the syringes, right? Vaccination mm-hmm. syringes that have mm-hmm. already been made, and they, they uh-huh. I think it was him or somebody else said, yeah, we're uh-huh. anticipating and vaccinating two two uh, billion people. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, that's cool. That leaves the other five billion now, like myself, that won't be vaccinated. But right, um, you know, I even to say that, you know, that uh, some people listen to this and go, oh my God, Ken's not going to get vaccinated. Well, no, absolutely, I will get vaccinated, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Um, but what I'd like to make sure is that the studies have been done prior to uh, be, me being vaccinated or my family being vaccinated. I think. I like to I like to err on the side of wisdom and err on the side of caution and not just to go out there and put myself at risk or my family at risk. So that's kind of so, where I come from. But I'm, I'm not saying that's right for everybody to do. I'm just saying that's right for me. Right. And so what I'm saying is, is exactly in line with this, like regardless of whether we're vaccine or not vaccine or anti-vax or not anti-vax, why are we why are we shamed for asking the questions? Why are we shamed for wanting to have a dialogue? And, and, you know, why is there such mystery behind these things? Or And and a lot of times it's in plain sight, but but why is maybe perhaps uh, it not being shared in a way that seems fair? You know what I mean? Like we're not getting... We're not getting the whole story. And I know that maybe that's too much to expect, but I'd just like a little more of the whole story. Well, no, I I couldn't agree with you more. And and here's, you know, I kind of look at it this way. And this is uh, this is kind of my optimism um, way of looking at the world. So I'm not I'm not advising anybody to accept this for themselves. In fact, you may have just the opposite way of looking at things. You may think the world is completely black and white. It's either good or bad, and you have to go down that path. So I don't, I don't necessarily look at things that way. I look at things in terms of, of how, I can, uh, how I can have peace and tranquility and joy and still you know, stand on my values as I walk through this thing. So I look at, uh, you know, when, first, when masks first came out, I was like, oh, well, gee, I should start a mask company. That's who I am. I'm an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> and this was this was way back in March. I, oh, as soon as said, uh, the virus came out, I said, "Oh, everybody's going to wear a mask." And my wife's like, "No, they're not." I said, "Oh yeah, you watch. Everybody's going to have a mask on. Just follow the lead. <laughs> follow the follow the the, the lead." You know, I think I saw a mask in China or something. I said, "Oh yeah, that'll be here." And um, you know, so I thought, well, and then the mask came, did come out, and I was upset for a while. I was like, "Oh, how can anybody be that ignorant to wear a mask?" And, you know, and then I looked at the studies and I saw, oh, you know, the masks are like a mosquito going through a uh, a chain link fence. Like, for goodness right. sake, the virus is four microns and these masks protect up to six microns, 60 <laughs> microns. Really? I mean, why would I be? So, but for me, I had to go, well, wait a second now. I got to really rethink this. There are a lot of people out there that feel safe when wearing masks. They feel like they're in service to others wearing the mask. Maybe their lesson right now is to learn how to be of service to others. Maybe their lesson is to to be more compliant. Maybe they're rebels like me, okay? Be more compliant. And, you know, and there's other people that they need to go the opposite way. Wow, they do everything everybody's told them to. 
the government says blink and I blink, you know, maybe their lesson is something different. So there's a way to kind of look at this and go, well, what if I was to stand back and realize that we are on a planet of of growth, of evolution, of change, of uh, becoming who we were meant to be. But it's hard to do that when we're upset, we're angry, we're blaming, we're shaming, we're guilting people, we're looking outside of ourselves and, and really upset. Where's the wisdom in that? Mm, I really like that, Ken. No one's quite put it that way to me. This is why you have a, you know, world, a world renowned show. Um, I really like that perspective that maybe we all have something to learn here. I do. And, um, and, you know, I've, I've seen the fallout in, in so many relationships, people that I have known for years, um, personally, um, among families with the mask debate, you know, and it, and it's, it's really, you know, if you listen to both sides and I'm always listening, I'm always encouraging people like, Hey, even if you think I have an opinion, the whole idea behind an opinion is it can be changed, right? This is not scientific right. fact. It is my opinion. So if you've got some other information to present to me that um, that I can take in, if you present it in a way that I can take it in rather than just like screaming and yelling at me, then I'm going to take that in. And, and there's a good chance that I may even change my opinion. And if I don't, then that's okay too, you know? Um, but I see, I see the, 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 div- the divisibility in, in people right now. Um, and it's, it's so sad to me. It's sad. It's it's friend against friend. Uh, it's it's family member against family member. It's it's the Republicans against the Democrats. It's the uh, you know the corporations versus the individuals. I mean, it's you, you just go on and on. It's um, you know it's all part of duality. But I think what happens is is that we get stuck in being righteous. We get stuck in uh, my way is the only way. I've done the, I've done the research. I know the science. This is the way it is. And, you know, science isn't infallible. In fact, science is always changing. Right. Once we learn something new, it, we, we change our, our, our theory about it. One time we thought the world was flat, and then we realized that it wasn't. Galileo went and went, hey, by the way, guys, it's round, okay? Now, <laughs> it doesn't mean that there's not flat earthers here, though, right? You can go down and study how many people believe the earth is still flat. So everybody's here. So how do we get to that place where we learn what we need to learn to be who we need to be, to speak our truth. You know, some of some people, their truth is they're going to be politicians. They're going to go out there and they're going to they're going to move people into into actions and and, and help them become uh, and help change the uh, political scene, the political environment. And that's awesome for them. Other people don't have to participate in that way. But here's my message. My message is it's it's an inside job. If you're watching the TV and you're upset, uh, you know, that's not the first time you've been upset. You've been upset about a whole bunch of stuff your whole life. Why not take this time and start to look at what are the triggers that are upsetting me? And how can I bring more understanding and more wisdom and more courage and more truth in my home life and in my family and my friends? How can I get along with people that I don't agree with? How can I get along? You know, I mean, we talk about racial prejudice. We also have prejudice around our beliefs. Okay, mm-hmm. my belief mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, it's belief prejudice, right? My right. belief is right, 
and your yours is wrong. Therefore, we can't even be friends anymore. Right. Right. Really? Is right. this really what we've come to? It's it's it's, it's really bizarre to me. I I like what you said. It's an inside job, and and uh, and my husband has even said to me a couple of times, okay, but just just look around, right here, just right here. What is right here that is triggering you? The answer, nothing. <laughs> Everything that's triggering me is on my phone. <laughs> Uh, so I probably need to get off my phone, you know? yeah. but, but I mean, I think it's absolutely true. It's an inside job. And, um, and I even have a, quite a few friends, um, being in California, like you, uh, you know, and I'm in a rural community, you know, there's, there's, there's purple, there's, there's blue, there's red. Right. And, um, and I know that certain friends I cannot have certain discussions with, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Um, but I have learned how to at least maneuver in most cases through some of this stuff about, you know, masks and social distancing and stuff, because that is like directly affecting our friendship, even trying to go like we would go out for a drink or coffee. Yeah. We can't do that anymore. So now we got to figure something else out. Right. You know, we're all kind of trying to like create this new space and, and I, and I shared in the very beginning of COVID, I said, um, on a Zoom call, a couple different Zoom calls, I said, we're creating our new normal because this is terms that I'd always used with trauma clients that had experienced a loss. Like, hey, we're going to take the best from your past and we're going to move forward and create your new normal. But one thing I have decided, like, I am, I am literally sticking a sock in my mouth because this is not normal. Like, like the, the whole idea that other humans are, are plaguing us. And so we have to not smile at them in the grocery store and not make casual conversation. I can't buy into this new normal. I can't do that. I, I can't buy into a world where we can't be friendly and kind and have casual conversation with one another. Right. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, I'm not sure where that media comes from. We shouldn't look at people and we should all be all be serious in the grocery store. My my goal when I go to the grocery store is always to have uh, have a little fun because I, I just like doing that. And I always try to put a smile on anybody's face I see. Now, truly, <laughs> it has shifted a little bit uh, where, you know, it, at certain times you look in people's eyes and they're just full of fear. Yeah. What I found is this, is that um, if we want to be truly influential, we don't start out being righteous. We start out and we meet people right where they are. I can't tell you how many friends, like, uh, you know, I had a fellow over to my house. Uh, we didn't know each other, and he came to the door with a mask. And so, you know, it's like, okay, you know what? I want to meet him where he is. And, you know, and I social distance immediately from him, right? Didn't try to get close, you know, we talked. And pretty soon, we, we started finding what we had in common, right? We weren't focusing on, oh, I'm wearing a mask, he's not wearing a mask. He's, he's in my house, and we're not social distancing. We just go there. We started looking at what we have in common. And I really believe, as a, as a society, we need to start at that place. In fact, um, I remember years ago, I was working with Tony Robbins, and Tony had a had a uh, exercise. It was basically mirror. It, actually, it was an NLP um, training, and it was mirroring and matching, mirroring and matching. Right. So we could, you know, he, he, the the training was this. You know, you would uh, somebody sat down next to you, right, 
and they had their legs crossed, you would you would cross your legs. If they had their arms crossed, you'd cross your arms. And what you do is you'd match their energy. You'd consciously be trying to match their energy field, right? And with uh, physical movement. And eventually, uh, when you do that with somebody, when you mirror and match them, you start to feel like you have common uh, commonality together. You know, it's an unconscious thing. And eventually, an influential person can move somebody into their uh, into their influence, and they'll start moving their hands. And that person will start moving their hands. They'll start speaking in a in a let's say a more enthusiastic way, and that person will start to get enthusiastic. Right now, we're all doing this at an unconscious level. But on a conscious level, we bring more consciousness to mirror and matching individuals and bring them up into our energy fields. Wow, we're, we're probably doing the – if you're a positive person and you've got the right you got the right attitude, you're probably making it – you've become now the solution and not the problem. You know what, Ken? I'll take you even to the next level on that. I did a Qigong at 1440 Multiversity in Scotts Valley. Uh, with my mother-in-law, we go there for our retreat every year to decompress, you know, detox socially, all that stuff. And we were doing a similar Qigong activity. Not only do you start to follow and lead to the point where it becomes a blur on who's following and who's leading, but you can actually physically feel the energy between your hands. Yes. Like it almost feels like there's like a ball or a vibration between you. It's crazy. I've totally, I know exactly what you're talking about. I didn't realize that Tony Robbins was one of the leaders of that, but I've definitely experienced that. I love what you said. I want to, I want to actually, I'm going to, I'm going to requote you because this is so epic. And this is something that as a psychotherapist, we're taught from day one, you meet people where they're at. Um, you, you, you said, quote, to be influential, we don't start out by being righteous. We start right where they are. think that is so kaboom mic drop wow so true yeah. i mean well, that we, is we exactly have to, it. we have we we start in humility we start in a place of humility okay humility uh one of the definitions is seeing reality clearly so when you see that somebody's in pain or in their suffering or they're worried or they're fearful do you start out righteous oh i know what's best for you I know what to, what uh, what is right for you in your life. No, we don't start there. We start with we we'd like to start with understanding and some compassion, and and that takes humility. Yeah, you know, we we lower ourselves. We don't raise ourselves up. I, I just I'm just sitting here, you know, like in 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 recent days as I've started kind of speaking up a little bit and, and I, and I do come at this space of like meeting people where they're at, but what has been so incredible, I can't get over this. What's been so incredibly hurtful to me is the fact that, you know, I'm not telling anybody what to think. I'm literally just posting something and asking why and, and taking this backlash. And it's just like, wow, you know, um, but I'm going to still show up. I, I'm still going to show up because for every one of those shameful messages, there's 10, 
100s like thank you for saying I, I, this or I thank you for sharing so what, that yeah so what do you focus on I, I you know i remember i remember seeing madonna and hillary clinton on a on a talk show back to back right and they were both asked the same question by the reporter what do you do with all the negativity and they both had the same answer i don't pay any attention to it <laughs> right? so what what are we focusing on right and it's like, wow, okay, you know, maybe maybe that's your lesson. I don't know, you know, but it's like, wow, okay, I'm I'm done I'm done focusing on what people think I'm not. I'm just going to remember who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and and of course, it's easier to talk about than it is to do in real life. This is tough stuff. I feel like, and you know what, this is exactly what I posted in my story today. I said that exact thing. I said it is so much harder to show up like that. So much harder to show up like that. But I know for me, I feel like every single thing that I've done and every single experience that I've had in my life has led me to a place to be able to have that internal confidence to to show up and say, no, I, I know that I'm not coming out here doing any harm. I know that I'm not showing up in a way that's that's yucky and dirty or ungraceful. And so, therefore, I'm not going to silence myself, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and can can we get to a place where, you know, there's a whole bunch of people on both sides of this that feel what you just they, they feel the same way you said you just said they feel like they're 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 part of the solution and they're helping people out and they're they're putting out what they believe is true. So what if what if there's more than one truth? I think there absolutely is more than one truth every time. I think, I think there right. absolutely is. I think you're right. But it you know, it's a so it 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 begin it be it becomes a different experience when we say, Well, wait a second. What what is what is right about what this person is saying and what is right about what I'm saying? And how can we how can we allow both of us to be right? Right? So- this is exactly what I what I share with my son. I say, look, if if you hear a plate shatter in the kitchen and you walk in and one person says he broke the plate and the other person, he was angry. He broke the plate. And the other person says, I slipped and fell and broke the plate. The, it, it doesn't really matter who's right. It, it just matters how you're going to move forward from here. The plate is broken. We need to move forward. You know, there's truth in both of these experiences. How do we move forward from here? Yeah, we move forward. We move forward with understanding and wisdom. That's what we move forward from. And unfortunately, uh, in in today's society right now, we have a lot of people running a lot of agendas. And agenda doesn't usually lead to um, from from a place of truth. It leads from a place of what's in it for me. And, you know, as long as we keep doing that, it, you know, and I think of our media, we, we've got, you know, we've got a lot of agendas. We've got a lot of political agendas. We've got agendas in our medical communities in from our government in different agencies. And, you know, if we could get to a place where we could really pursue what's highest and best for everyone, not just, not just the uh, the organizer. Okay, what's best for us? <laughs> really, what's best for? Uh, the, and I'm not coming from a point of view of socialism. 
oh, it's highest and best for everybody. We all need to have uh, medical insurance. That may be true, but that's not where I'm coming from. I'm coming from a, a higher place, a place where we really look and we, we start to tap into our own soul, our own wisdom, our own understanding of what really is highest and best. I've often asked the question, why is common sense so uncommon? <laughs> Boy, we can see that out there right now. Well, I, I got the answer, um, you know, as I tuned in and quieted my mind and stilled myself. And the answer is, is simple. It's that common sense is another name for intuition. And intuition is a quality of the soul. The intuition is our own knowing. We all have it. It's there. We all have a conscious, a knowing, a conscious some of it's covered over. Sometimes my, my conscience was so covered over or younger in my life by my, by my uh, the beliefs I bought into, the, uh, the way I was socialized, that it was hard to know the soul. But as I started to let go of those beliefs, and the way I did that was I noticed what upset me. Okay, That was a symptom. Oh, I've got something in there that's really fueling something that I believe inside. Why would I want to hold on to that if it keeps triggering drama, upsets, craziness, lack, limitations in my life? I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to start looking every day and asking myself, you know, what worked, what didn't work? What can I do to improve? Mostly to take off the rust from the soil that was there until I could start to make wise choices. Do we make wise choices from upset and anger and and uh, rioting, I, I don't I don't think anybody's ever made the right choice from that kind of energy. We Absolutely. make the right choices from being calm and peaceful and thoughtful and using our intellect to bring forth wisdom. That's 100. I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that violence, I'm never advocating for violence. That's just not a solution. But one of the things that you said that I that I really kind of liked was about agendas not coming from a place of truth. And one of the things that I've been sharing on social media more recently is the ideas of mind control. And people say, what are you talking about? You know, like that sounds so woo woo. We're not we're not being mind controlled. And then I and then I I, I, I grabbed a screenshot where Facebook had put something on something, and it doesn't matter who, right? They just said, um, if you find this ad offensive, please report it. And I said on my social media, this is the most minute example that we see almost every day if you're on social media of mind control, because you didn't ask what they think. You led their, you led their mind with your opinion first. It's like asking a child, do you think peas are gross? If so, you should throw them out. Okay, so yeah, you asked the kid what they thought about peas, but you let it by telling them that you think peas are gross and they should throw them out. Right. Instead, you say, what do you think about peas? <laughs> you know? Like if, you, if yeah. we're truly not having any level of agenda being pumped into us from our media and other things, that all questions would be open-ended and unleading. And that is not what is happening. And as a psychotherapist, the reason that we are able to do no harm and the reason that we are able to help people make discoveries in their life is because we ask unleading open-ended questions because at the end of the day, what they decide in their life does not have a direct effect on us, so it's okay. But these people that are pumping out this, these little forms of minute mind control Absolutely, what you decide has an effect on them at the end of the day. 
Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And I guess the question I would ask is, uh, you know, do you think peas are offensive? Now, if you ask that to a little kid, offensive, mommy, what does that mean? It means they're terrible. <laughs> right. And There's go, another, that oh, double yeah, speak, yeah, they, right? I, oh, yeah. I, I remember I got a bad pea. Yeah, they are terrible. Okay. Um, I agree with you. And I think and I'll take it to the next level, too. Um, you know, we use placebo in this country. Um, well, we don't use it. Placebo is, is a fact of, uh, of all research. And they realize that placebo is somewhere around 30 percent of most studies. You know, most uh, studies, let's say if they're studying uh, whether a drug works or not. Um, but placebo effect can go as high as 90 uh, percent. Uh, with uh, placebo uh, double and triple uh, blind studies. Um, so uh, I, I guess placebo is the wrong way. With double and triple blind studies using the placebo group um, uh, again and again. So um, I say this, placebo is, uh, is the power of the mind. And yes, some people you say, you know, you've taken this and they go, yeah, I'm getting better. I, I feel it. Yeah, that's right. I, and they have a placebo. There's nothing real in it. The opposite is true also. We can, we can use uh, the opposite uh, way we use our mind, right, is for something negative, okay? So when I saw the uh, million, I'm sure there were millions of images going around the world with that colorful virus, that colorful Corona picture. We, you probably see it in your mind right now. Oh, yeah. I can what picture the it right now. Like. Yeah. Yep. Okay, it's in your mind. That yep. is called the virus of the mind. Okay. That is pl plugging your mind and saying that that thing is inside of you. Now, for you and me, uh, it's, it's not going to have, probably have an effect. But there are a lot of people that are, don't have strong will, and they have a vivid imagination. And they're using that, and that is creating disease in their body. Wow. That's what I project. That's what I believe. I don't know where the science is around it, but I bet if I did the digging, I could find it. Absolutely, 100. It is a correct statement that... Um, people have been paralyzing themselves with a fear that is not going to create imminent death for them anytime in the near future. <laughs> At the end of the day, like we can say there are a lot of times where we throw our bodies into flight, fight or freeze are the best emergency response system on the planet. Like when a car is in your lane and you need to do something or you're going to die. And yet every day, because, and these are my least favorite words in the history of the universe, due to COVID, <laughs> due to COVID, due to but COVID. I, I want to I people... say, say this, though, too, is that fear does kill. It's Absolutely. very real. It can Absolutely. definitely kill, kill you. I know that there are people that went, uh, they were afraid they got the, they had the virus and they went into the hospitals and they, they had a got, heart attack. Ended up putting on uh, heart attacks or being put on respirators for something else, and they because died. they were panicked. They were they panicked. couldn't breathe. Yeah, they were I. Panicked. I mean, okay. I've heard so many stories of ER doctors sending people home with anxiety medicine right. because they're thinking they're dying of the COVID of the Rona. Right. But you know, it, in it just kind of along these lines, the whole due to COVID phrase, I feel like that is the world's biggest freaking excuse for not having to deal with stuff anymore. You know, like, it, you know, restaurants due to COVID, we have no salsa bar due to COVID. Our bathrooms are closed due to COVID. You know, it's just like become the thing that gets us out of having to deal with things. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, hey, if you're an employee, why would you want to clean a bathroom when you can just say, you know, due to COVID, due to COVID okay? <laughs> now, due now, to COVID. The, now, the owner might think, well, you know what? That's customer service. I want my customers to feel nurtured and be able to take care of themselves while they're in my establishment and feel uh-huh. feel like uh, this is like part of their home. The smart ones are doing it, okay? The I, smart I actually, ones, people are remembering, you know what? I remember that place. They wouldn't let me use the bathroom. They wouldn't let me come 10 feet from their place. They made me stand outside in a line in a hot sun. Yeah. I remember that place. Dude, you know what? The next restaurant that opens up or that's like them, I'm not going to that place. I'm going over there. I'm going to go where people are treated kindly, with respect, with dignity, and um, and in with, in service to that individual. Yeah, so, I literally saw a menu that said, due to COVID, please expect poor customer service. Our waiters <laughs> will only come around if you flag them down and they will stand at the end of your table and not clear any plates until your service is complete. I was like, really? Due to COVID? You're going to just put it out there just like that? And on a macro level right now, we've got a cha- real challenge in this country with our school children. Due to COVID, we're going to close our schools. I'll tell you Maybe. what. Uh, I, I accidentally got a little upset today about the due to COVID and the harm to our children. And then being yeah. – it's really a painful thing as a mom who – um, is in a service industry where I'm helping people who more than ever need to see a psychotherapist. And now I have to choose between that or homeschooling my nine-year-old. Yeah. I mean, it is really a crappy situation that we're putting our kids in, that we're putting our parents in. I mean, there's just no winners in this game, Ken. There's none. Yeah. No winners. Yeah, well, it seems that way. But, uh, you know, I, I want to say this, that in any major change that we go through, there's always pathology first. And then eventually we'll come out of this and it will be better. Um, it may be painful for a while, um, but I am very optimistic that we will, as a people, we are so strong as a nation. We do have a lot of people that have common sense. We do have a lot of people that are doing what they believe is truly right for the society. They're in service. Um, there is a silent majority here. There's a and lot you know, of people that haven't spoke the truth yet, but they will be. And, 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 I, and I actually posted something today and kind of shared some of the backlash I've gotten and said it's no wonder there's a silent majority. But I will say I also posted that due to COVID, I've now brought my family and friends closer than ever. Due to COVID, I've now yeah. had more downtime with my kid than I would have otherwise had, more time to reconnect and think about what I want in life. There are definitely silver linings. And I was just sharing on a, on a podcast that I was on this morning that, you know, any time, every, every winter, every winter I walk out to my garden and it is literally a mess of dirt, poop, and weeds. And I have to spend all that time in these weeds and in this mess and in this kind of this death phase of, 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 of cleaning and clearing and grounding and planning and working. And I, and I have to show up day after day and it's hard and it's messy and it's yucky and it doesn't feel good at first, but then comes spring when I plant those seeds and then come summer when everything starts to blossom again and then come fall when I get to harvest, you realize that sometimes you have to make a really big mess to see the most change, to see the most growth. That is so true. Out of uh, chaos can come clarity. 
And the the garden that is created out of this mess that we're in, because we are in the winter of, uh, you know, I, I don't even know if we've got the winter yet. We're in the fall. I still think we're, apart. yeah, we're, <laughs> it all, it's all falling apart, right? We're in the fall. It's falling Just apart. The leaves are falling off the yet. tree. We, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, in the winter, in the winter, we will, <clears throat> that's where the, the wisdom comes in, I believe, the winter. You know, ah. we, we get still. We start to realize what we've done. We start to look at maybe the science. We start to look at what's worked and what hasn't worked. What, what can we do to improve? Um, we start to let go of maybe some of the self-centered interest groups that are, are so prevalent right now. And we start I, to come together as, uh, as a society again. I couldn't agree more. And just to touch a little bit on what you said, that um, the silent majority of people that are starting to speak up, um, what about those ones who are still afraid? Any advice for people who know something doesn't feel right in their belly that want to start having conversations? Any advice to them on how to start having dialogue? Well, I'm going to be a little self-serving right this second, but uh, I did write a book. It took me six years to write it. It's called The Courage to Change Everything. And the book is all about finding your courage and finding uh, finding your voice, finding what you stand for, finding um, that place inside of you where you know your own truth and you you allow yourself to step into that in a way that represents who you are and supports yourself, your community, your family, and those that you love deeply. So again, it's called the Courage to Change Everything. People can get that at Courage to Change us. Courage to Change us. But to summarize it, yeah, we need to step into truth, love, and courage. Think of those three values. Was it truthful? Is it truthful? Is it truthful? Do I feel like this is bringing more love into the world? And in in my Every day, what are three courageous steps that I could take? I love that, and I love that you shared the book because that was my last question for you. I've gotten I've gotten to talk with you like once a month now since the COVID hit, and I swear these are the greatest dialogues that I that I get to have, and and these are definitely the kind of conversations that I encourage other people to have. Um, you know, sit down with people that that do feel safe to you in your circle, and 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 have these conversations because I guarantee you, there's someone else who's asking the same question. <laughs> You might, Michaela. You're going to have to come back on my show. We're going to have to have another another one of these talks because these these talks, um, they're real. They're authentic. They're just coming from our heart. They're coming from, you know, there's there's really no agenda here except that, for me, I know that life glows when I'm in service to others. I know that it's it's something I live for. I I've evolved myself as a result of that. And so I think if the listeners are thinking, wow, what can I do next? Well, you know, if you were really courageous, what are those three action steps that you would take to have more joy, more peace, uh, maybe more prosperity in your life and and go pass it on to somebody else? Um, I don't know about you, Michaela, but, you know, one of the ways that I I love to give is uh, there's an organization that I give all the time. It's called Kiva, K-I-V-A. And um, they're supporting, I, they support a lot of different uh, entrepreneurs around the world. They're micro lending. And what I do is I, I always support the women because I think we need more women entrepreneurs in the world. I think that uh, the, the more we can let go of the, 
the male, masculine, energetic, I know it all, it's my way, hit the highway, that old energy, and bring in more of that wisdom and understanding, compassion in the world. When we have balance of both, this world is going to be phenomenal. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. I'm going to check out Kiva. I'm going to link your book. I really appreciate you taking the time to come out here and um you know, I know that we shifted gears a little bit, but I think that the heart of the podcast is still here, which is speak your truth with grace, live a courageous life of authenticity and uh, and know and and seek your inner truth. Really, just know in your heart what you want, and what you need. Isn't that it? See, <laughs> see, so like we said, it's so easy to talk about. Can you actually apply it in your life on a daily basis? That's the challenge for all of us. Thank you so much, Ken, for coming on, and, and we'll connect offline soon. Oh, yeah, let's do that for sure. Okay, okay. bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.